awesome men. Aren't they wild at heart? Why did Andrew Flexman do that? I didn't think he was going to go through it, but he, people didn't even know he was doing it all week because there wasn't too much updates happening because Andrew was sort of not available to do too many Facebook updates. Awesome. What did I put in Facebook, by the way? Let's, let's have a look. And uh, this is quite revelational. This, I tell you guys, if you're able to grab some of this message, you'll understand what I believe is uh, some key elements of truth about how men are wired. And, um, oh my goodness. And, um, and I put in Facebook uh, yesterday, I think, great message coming to C3T, Wild at Heart. Invites men to recover their masculine heart. Who can say amen to that? Defined in the image of the passionate God, of our passionate God, and invites the women to discover the secret of man's soul and to delight in the strength and wildness men were created to offer. Every man was once a boy and every little boy has dreams, big dreams, dreams of being the hero of beating the bad guys, of doing daring feats and rescuing the damsel in distress. Every little girl has dreams too of being rescued by their prince and swept up into a great adventure knowing that she is the beauty. And this is all courtesy, of course, of John Eldridge, Wild at Heart, which was a great book that got around many years ago. And, um, and uh, I want to give sort of uh, a little yeah, exposition of that this morning, just a little, not preach, uh, not going to preach, but tonight we're going to preach the house down tonight, amen. But I thought in, uh, because Andrew triggered this opportunity, I thought I could build something on that. And um, let's have a look at it. It says here, this guy says, Teddy Roosevelt, anyone know him? And uh, I think he was one of the presidents of the U.S., Is that right? It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly. Sounds like Andrew, doesn't it? Who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who have never known neither victory nor defeat. You love that stuff? And this scripture, Matthew eleven twelve, from the days of John the Baptist and until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. I love that. Or the NASB version says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force. Thank you for the people that turned up yesterday in prayer during the week because we're taking what God is given to this church as his promises and as his inheritance but as his will for this church you've got to lay hold of that by prayer there's no other way out of it you've got to pray you've got to exercise your faith towards God and uh, and I thank God for people that helped us birth this church that were pioneers and builders and people that were I guess exerting themselves in such a way 
that, uh, yeah, it was quite tough, but we made it. We've arrived somewhere. But the, the journey's so much further down the road. And uh, we've got to do our best to get this church down the road. And it's going to take real men. It's going to take men to stand up. And unfortunately, a lot of men don't have much passion for church. Their, their heart is not in church. In fact, their heart has gone southward. It's retreated like a wild, wounded animal. It's retreated up into the hills. And they've become domesticated, doing what they're supposed to do at their jobs at home and in society, and they've become domesticated. Am I speaking your language, Phil? Am I speaking a language that you know? Because I know you've studied the course. But, and, and, of course, men bring that domesticatedness into the church. And when we get them to try and subscribe to the church in a warrior sort of mode, because boys are warriors at heart, you know what I mean? Boys like to, I don't know about you, but I didn't do tea parties with boys I'm talking to, not talking to the girls. I was looking at Gail there. I said, I know Gail didn't do tea parties, but Gail did do tea parties, sorry. I'm, look, I'm supposed to be looking at Luke or, or Andrew. I know we didn't do tea parties, no way, which is... Uh, Mrs. What was that tea party? They, that classic tea party they had in Buzz Lightyear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. And of course, we don't ring people up and do DMs. I don't ring up Luke and say, "Oh my dear, this guy hurt me this week. He cut me off in the traffic." We, you know, we don't do that. You know, we're independent. We're warriors. We're fighters. And um, we stand up uh, in our own independence as tough, dangerous, powerful Luke. <laughs> That's not working anymore. I used to do that in a work. And it's just, uh, it's just, it's just oh. uh, there's going to come a time when I do that and it's going, oh, that's pretty sad. But... But, you know, men are different. They've they, got this wildness of the heart. And we try and domesticate the man. And, of course, men become domesticated because what society demands of them. The worst thing that Western society has done for men is, I guess, yeah, emasculated them, I guess. Is that a good word? And uh, emasculated them. And then they come in here with no balls. I should have worn my tighter jeans. Anyway, <laughs> and, uh, and of course, when I was a kid, man, well, Palm Beach Caravan Park was there and then it's not there now. But when I was a kid, eight, nine, I had this overwhelming desire to go to the lighthouse, the lighthouse that you would see on that show called Home and Away. Thank you. That lighthouse beckoned me. As an eight, nine-year-old kid, and I stood there, and my mum says, what are you doing? What are you thinking of doing? I said, I'm going to climb that craggy face of that cliff. I'm going to the top. I said, no, you're not. You're not going. I said, I must, and I will. <laughs> and my dad was in there. He used to drop us all off there as a family. We're in the caravan, and, and, uh, and my mum said, oh, my God, where's, 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 you know, where's my husband when I knew and no, I did. I, I climbed up, I climbed, and I climbed, and I climbed. And I got to the top, I got to that lighthouse, and man, that was just a great sensation, that. But, 
And then I went to the edge of the cliff. Then I went to the edge, even while the wind was blowing, I went to the edge of the cliff and I had to just stand there with a sheer cl- uh, cl- you know, drop with the ocean below and I just had to feel this exhilaration that I was alive, that I was a boy, that I was born for adventure. You know what I mean? I wasn't domesticated. I wasn't a metre bag, two metre, three metre bag. I had to be a boy, a warrior. And I'm alive and dangerous. And I stood there, and I remember this wind grabbed me, sort of, whoa, okay. And then I remember laying down and then just peering over the edge, just looking, and just daring myself to be be bold and wild. Because the, the school teachers were saying, don't do this, don't do that. You know, behave yourself, be well mannered. You know, I don't want to be well mannered. I'm a warrior, I'm born to fight. I'm born to defend. Imagine sending, imagine sending the soldiers into World War Two or whatever, and they were domesticated. Oh, gee whiz, do we really have to get out of the boat here and storm the storm the sand and you know, climb across here? And no, they were something inside. Even those domesticated kids, it came out because they had to fight for their country. They had to defend their country and their wives. And so there's something about men that we should understand, that we're wild at heart. Proverbs 20, verse 5, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters. <laughs> deep waters. And here's another quote, Howard Maisie says, The spiritual life cannot be made suburban. It is always frontier. That's what I love about this church. You know, I love it. We never got domesticated and we sort of... Do you know, mandy pandy church? We, we, we took ground and we met in a tent for five years. We cut the grass down and with our mowers and uh, <laughs> and we we did things of great exploits. You know, put the carols on and put seven ton of steel up to do the carols, working to four o'clock at night and uh, with the few men we had. Because there was not enough men. And, and the reason why we laid down the carols, you've, I've told you many times, is because there was not enough men to do what we were trying to do, which was put on a massive event for a while. And uh, we knew the men were few and far between to serve the church. It was an unfortunate day. This guy says, I think it's... Um, did I quote that Howard Maisie? The spiritual life cannot be made suburban. It's always frontier. And we who live in it must accept and even rejoice that it remains untamed. Cole Porter sings in a song, Don't Fence Me In. I want to ride the ridge where the West commences. I can't look at hobbles and I can't stand fences. Don't fence me in. They say, they say that you can find your heart in the adventure of the wilderness men. If you feel that you've lost your heart and ladies, if you say to your husband, this guy is hollow, where is he? I, I can't speak to him. He's not at home. He's not there. Where is he? Maybe his heart has retreated like a wounded animal up into the, you know, the recesses of his soul. He's retreated and he, now he's living as the, as the hollow man. One lady said, my husband is like a hollow man. Another guy says, I died a long time ago. All I am doing is sucking in oxygen and expelling it. I mean, that's a sad day when a man gets to that point. But listen to me, there is an adventure 
Yes, it's in the natural. It's in the natural, but it is in the spirit. And so I believe that church can offer you and God can offer you a great adventure in God. It's not as, you know, perceivable. You have to believe by faith that what you're doing isn't a great adventure. The prayers and the journey of your life towards God is all about things that are quite nebulous and, you know, not really seen in the natural, but I love this life. It does make me feel like a man building the church um, is a great adventure. And I'm, I'm really just stuck with why more men don't subscribe to the great adventure of building the church. And it must be for this reason that this man talks about. And this reason is, is that man's heart is not in it. Man's heart has retreated. Like a scared animal, retreated. And you've got to find that heart again to live life. If you're not living life with passion, if you're not living life with passion and, and some sort of, you know, passion and faith and desire to, to live life, uh, there's, there's something wrong. It's not, that's unhealthy. He says that Eve was created in the garden, but Adam he says, was created outside the garden in the wilderness. Do you, isn't that amazing? In the second chapter of Genesis, it makes that clear. Man was born in the outback from the untamed part of creation. Only afterwards he's brought to Eden. I love that. Men, he says, men are not happy to be indoors. Men have an insatiable longing to explore. Am I speaking to some men in the house? We long to return to where men come alive. Did you come alive, Andrew, on your, on your bike ride? Did you get that out of your system, buddy? I mean, 600-odd, 50Ks. Uh, did you find your heart? Did you find areas of your life that you, you didn't even know that were in you, like the parts of your soul, parts of your life that were, you know, like Moses, he didn't, I mean, he didn't um, find God, you know, in the comfort of Egypt. And he found God in the desert. Do you know what I mean? What about, what about Jacob? What about Jacob? He, he, didn't, he didn't wrestle around God on the lounge room floor, man. He wrestled God in that place, in the desert again. I mean, you know, and, and John the Baptist, where was he? He was in the desert. And where was Jesus called to, to have his identity tested? In the desert. He was called into the wilderness, I should say, where he was tested about his identity. Do you love that stuff? I love this stuff. It really speaks to the masculinity of the man. And we've been emasculated by Western society. That's why men come into the church bored and with no passion. They can't see. Give them a sword at the door. Give them some power tools at the door. You know, and they would come. C3 Church. Come. We're literally building... Uh, power tools and we're literally fighting the enemy uh, weapons of mass destruction uh, and you know bombs and and guns and swords will be provided man this house would be filled the whole property would be filled they'd be with yeah i'm ready even the domesticated guys the the the, the office workers and and everyone said yeah I, look man I'm, I'm in for that yeah what, what, what are you guys into ah we're taking on taking on an enemy 
You know, it's coming against us. You know, we've we got to fight for our, our, our loved ones. They love that. Men are born to fight for their loved ones. That's why they put pictures on the side of planes, you know, Maybell or something, and they fly out and, uh, and they put tattoos on their arms about their loved one. And uh, it's all about their loved one. You imagine James Bond without, without his loved one. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine. <laughs> what was that? Loves ones, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, love ones, yeah, I know. yeah. What about Indiana Jones? Doesn't he have a lady beside him? Isn't he fighting? Is, isn't he? Isn't he fighting for her? But made married, Robin Hood? Sure. Yeah. What about, what about him? Man? Imagine Robin Hood. He would be man in tights if he didn't have made married. <laughs> don't don't go there. That's right. Our heart in the wilderness, our soul responds when we break out into this place. Our, our heart geographically aligns itself to the wilderness. Somehow when these guys go to the Watikins, I know Tim and, and uh, Phil are into this stuff. They, they break out. They have breakout sessions. They go up into the Watikins with the other guys. And somehow they become a different species, a different creature. And... Uh, Believe it or not, Phil Cairns becomes this great storyteller and he tells the best jokes. I never knew it was possible, but he does. And uh, if you ever get him into that mode, he is the great, he's, a, he's a great storyteller, but also a great joke teller. You know, what is that? But he can't, because he comes alive. He comes alive. And so the great risk we have as men is to become domesticated and to be... I guess, unpassioned about life. I'll go to church, I guess so, yeah, whatever. Jesus, yeah, yeah, put the offering in, yeah, whatever. Oh, that's right, my Bible, yeah, pick that up, yeah, get that. Yeah, yeah, come on, kids, let's go to the church, boring place, yeah. But man, if you understood the spiritual nature of the great adventure of building church on a hostile planet, if you understood that, if you understood that, if you understood that, the great adventure that we are fighting the hordes of demons in the second heaven, the culture that we live in is totally against us and we are standing up in it like true warriors, people of the spirit and we're fighting the cause of Christ and we're delivering the captives and we're releasing the ki- kingdom of God to our region, to our nation, to our people. If you understood that, this is a worthy cause. This is a battle. So he goes on to say, I should just wrap it up with a, just a couple of things. And, uh, and he says things like, praise God. An invitation, yeah. He says there's three desires of the men, in the men. One is this. It's a desire to fight. And he says you can look at the literature You can look at boys, you can study them, and he says, we are convinced that boys have this innate desire to fight. Now, when we say fight as Christians, we go, oh, that's a bad thing, that's not good. See, some people think church is about making people into good people, good men, nice men. Oh, he's a nice man. Oh, he's very mature and a nice man. Give me a break. I don't need nice men. You know, I, I need warriors. I need men who get a shovel and, and pray and, and 
help and defend, you know, our cause. And uh, I don't need nice, domesticated, well-mannered men. My God, help us. And women don't need them. (laughs) One guy said, Christopher Fry is a playwright. Life is a hypocrite if I can't live the way it moves me. I love that. And of of course, we're talking about the masculine heart. Uh, He says, he says, I find written so deeply into my heart that I can no longer disregard them without losing my soul. These three values he's talking about. They are core to who and what I am and yearn to be. I gaze into boyhood. I search the pages of literature. I listen carefully to many, many men. And I am convinced these desires are universal. A clue into masculinity. Masculinity. What is it? Masculinity itself. Thank you. I'm crossed with two words there. They may be misplaced, forgotten or misdirected. Now hear this. With men... This may be misplaced, forgotten, misdirected, but in the heart of every man is a desperate desire for a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. And he says, look at the films we watch, the things they do, and look at the men with their free time, what they do, and especially the aspirations of little boys, and you'll see that he is right. The first one, a battle to fight. And he says, there's a fight in every little boy that is healthy. Cape swords, bandanas, guns even. Boys yearn to know they are powerful and dangerous. You try and prevent this behavior, but it's their, it's their nature. And he says, ladies, give it up. Don't try and stop it. Because you could make them soft, he says, eventually. He says, if you make them soft, God can't perfect his will, his nature of manhood through them. Is this all right? Aggression is part of their masculine design. Is that right? We are hardwired for it. If we believe that man is made in the image of God, then we would do well to remember that. Exodus 15 verse 3, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. The Lord is a warrior. Love that. Certain amount of aggression. Even, yeah. Little girls do not invent games where large numbers of people die, where bloodshed is prerequisite for having fun. A boy wants to attack something and does a man. (laughs) Even if it's only a little white ball on a tee, he wants to whack it to kingdom come. (laughs) I love this stuff. On the other hand, boys sit down to tea parties. Boys don't sit down to tea parties with Mrs. Nesbitt. And uh, they do not call their friends on the phone for a D&M's. They grow bored of games that have no element of danger or competition or bloodshed. Am I speaking to some men in the house? They don't like those interpersonal games either, you know, where you've got to be... They like to be independent. It's me against you and it's me against all of you. That's... I figured it out. That's why I've never liked board games. And your family for years were trying to indoctrinate me into board games... And I repelled the mere suggestion and I actually did succumb a few times. But I I just wonder why are people compelled to play these games? I hate them. (laughs) You know, Monopoly. I've had a few games of Monopoly, but I've played Monopoly once, played it twice, I've had it with it. Someone's getting to understand their man. 
Life needs a man to be fierce and fiercely devoted. When boys play at war, they are rehearsing their part in a much bigger drama. One day you just might need that boy to defend you. What would man do in a war without the deep part of their heart? So he's saying in the deepest recesses of their heart, there's this warrior and this fighter spirit. We're talking about the fight in them to defend. And uh, he warns about allowing the boy to be too soft, especially in relationships. Boys can get banged up and become too... I actually know some tough guys that are, I can... Boom, I just got the guy right there in my mind. And, and he's, a, he's a strong guy, but he's been banged up emotionally and he's become insipid. And he's, 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 lost, his, he's, he's lost his vigor of manhood. You know, he's become insipid because relationships right back have let him down and have brutalized his heart. But one of the key things we've got to do, men, is be able to be, you know, to, to get over that and push through that and, and continue with manhood. Do you know what I'm saying? It's one of the devil's ways, I think, is to demoralize a man, especially in broken relationships in that. Is that good? Whew. Number two, he says. He says the third thing that makes men tink, tick is this, the adventure to live. They are born for an adventure. He says you can't escape it. There is something wild in the heart of every man. Look, uh, I'm not going to go into that, but men are born for adventure. I love adventure. Man, as a kid, again, growing up in the suburbs where we lived on the edge of all the bush and suburbia, we, I would go for a whole day just as a young kid, five Four, because I wagged a lot of kindergarten. That's <laughs> four years of age. I'm tracking through the bush, drinking from the, the creek, spearing tadpoles. T-shirt around, bandana around. Me. There's a feral kid that lives down. <laughs> you see him. <laughs> How old is he? I was about four. He's, he's, the dingoes have brought him up. <laughs> I was compelled to go bush from a young age until it was knocked out of me by the time I was in first class. And uh, finally I had to realise I've got to go to school. And I wagged all of kindergarten nearly and half of first class. And um, they used to, the teachers used to chase me through the bush. I used to hide behind the trees. Great being little. I used to walk around the tree. <laughs> he's over here. I had this farmer say, he's over here, I'm sure. Because the teachers came down in their cars. I'm having a flashback. Is that all right? Yeah. Teachers go, and, 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 and this farmer said, oh, I saw you. I saw that little kid. Yeah, he comes down here all the time. I'll show you where he is. Come on. No, hide Hide me on the bush. I mean, the tree, big gum tree. Love gum trees ever since. I hugged them ever since. <laughs> Something inside me was compelled to go bush. I was born to be wild. So I, I, I got saved. I got saved. And then I... I, I uh, uh, you know, and the church does have a high pr 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 propensity to tell you to be nice men. 
to be domesticated, to be nice men, good men. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't swear. And you're doing well. You're maturing Christ. Look at you. Outstanding man you are. No! I want you to be buff with adventure, with strength to offer the church, helping us build God's great church. And in even giving, a lot of men are insipid in their giving. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I got this on my bushwalk yesterday. A lot of giving is dependent on the man in the husband and wife. And if the man doesn't man up and say, we're giving, because giving is warfare, spiritual warfare. And if the man goes, oh, if you don't want to give, darling, we won't give. We need that for the milk and bread and the kids. And the man becomes emasculated. And the man becomes emasculated. But if the man mans up and says, no, we're giving. Because this is building the church. This is loosing souls. This is raising up the next generation. We're going to give, love. We're going to give. Right? Yes, darling. But you know what? It's often the other way around. The woman says, we're going to give. You're living in fear. See, a lot of men that are trapped in domesticatedness and trapped in nice homes, trapped in nice lives, are living afraid. This is the great adventure that we live as Christians, right? right? This, this life here. You know, you're not going to find your life in front of a TV set. You're not going to find your life in the fridge. You like that one? You find your life by breaking out, getting up to the Watikins, getting out on the surf and paddling from Foresters to Terrigal. Or (laughs) Or you go for a ride from Mount Annan to Coffs Harbour. You break out and you find your heart and you find, you go after your heart. Last time I saw it, it scurried away. And it's up there in the, in the high mountains, but I'm going to find it. And men, you go up and you find, you sniff it out. You, you, you understand. You, you start to listen to your heart. Your heart will speak to you. I'm over here. No, that's not right. I'm over here. <laughs> that was the girl version. I'm up here. If you want me, you better come up with some balls. I'm tired of your domesticated life down there. I'm up here free where I feel good. Ah! You whip. A man wants to be the next one, third one, the beauty to rescue. A man wants to be the hero to the beauty. Young men going off to war, carrying a photo in the, of their sweetheart in their wallet. They paint a beautiful girl on the side of the plane, Memphis Belle. Think of Robin Hood, King Arthur, Indiana Jones, James Bond. Just wouldn't be the same without the beauty, of their, um, beauty by their side. Inevitably, 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 they must fight for her. You see, it's not just the man that needs a battle to fight. He needs someone to fight for. Remember Nehemiah's words to the few brave souls defending a wallless Jerusalem. Ah, this reminds me of myself. Nehemiah 4.14 Don't be afraid. Fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Another version says, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. You love that? Come on! 
Let's fight for SG. Let's fight for our children's church. Let's fight for our young, young mothers. Let's fight for our marriages. The battle itself is never enough. A man yearns for romance. It is not enough to be a hero. It's that he is the hero to someone in particular, to the woman he loves. Adam was given the wind and the sea, the horse and the hawk. But as God himself said, things were just not right until there was Eve. Give the ladies a hand, everyone. Yes, and he says, there is something passionate. Yes, there is something passionate in the heart of a man. There is. Okay, the feminine heart, just to round it up. There are three desires, he says, that are essential to a woman's heart, which are not entirely different from a man's, and they remain distinctly feminine. Number one, not every woman wants a battle to fight. Am I right? But every woman yearns to be fought for. Listen to the longing of a woman's heart. She wants to be more than noticed. She wants to be wanted. She wants to be pursued. You have watched the movies where the man comes back and pledges his underlying love for his woman. Two, every woman also wants an adventure to share. The woman says, yes, I want to be cherished, pursued and fought for. Yes, but also I want to be strong and part of the adventure. So many men make the mistake of thinking that the woman is the adventure. But this is where the relationship immediately goes downhill. I thought that was interesting. A woman doesn't want to be the adventure. She wants to be caught up into something greater than herself. Again, serving church and building church is a great adventure. That's blessed Julian and, and, and my life and my family's life. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of men out there just not passionate, no heart. No, they've lost their heart. Three, and finally, every woman wants to have a beauty to unveil. Not to conjure, but to unveil. Most women feel the pressure to be beautiful from a very young age, but that is not what I speak of. There is a deep desire to simply and truly be the beauty and be delighted in. Most girls play dress-up, twirling around in their skirts. Look at me, look at me. Don't you see? Ask the heart. Don't you see? Ask the heart of every girl. And are you captivated by what you see? Did I tell you that God is man and woman together? That God is man, that that actually, that's a bit like God. God is saying, look at me, look at me. Are you captivated? Look at me, look at me. People, look at me. And we go, oh yeah, you're alright God. Well, I suppose you're worth, worth a little bit of attention. And again, the man of God is that warrior. He brings justice. And I put this prayer in for someone to pray for the day where every girl has someone fighting for her heart to be swept up in the grand adventure of life and allows her beauty to be unveiled. What if, what if those deep desires in our hearts are telling us the truth, revealing to us the life we were meant to live? God gave us eyes so that we might see. He gave us ears that we might hear. He gave us a will that we might choose. And he gave us hearts that we might live. The way we handle the heart is everything. A man must know he is powerful. He must know he has what it takes. A woman must know that she is beautiful. She must know she is worth fighting for. And I gave those two illustrations. One woman says, you don't understand. I'm living with a hollow man. No, it's there. His heart is there. It may have evaded you like a wounded animal, always out of reach, one step behind behind you catching it. But it's there. I don't know 
when I died, said another man, but I feel like I'm using up oxygen. I understand your heart may feel dead and gone, but it's there. Something wild and strong and valiant just waiting to be released. And he says it's about recovery and release of the heart, his passions, his true nature, which he has been given by God. It's an invitation to rush the field, to leap from the falls and save the beauty. For if you are going to know who you truly are as a man, if you're going to find a life worth living, if you're going to love a woman deeply and not pass on your confusion to your children, you simply must get your heart back. You must head up into the high country of the soul, into the wild and uncharted regions and track down that elusive prey. Proverbs 20 verse 5, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of, of understanding draws them out. Amen. So let's all stand. God bless you. Awesome. Some real powerful revelatory stuff there. Sorry, men. Sorry to bear such truth. Father, we stand right now and declare that we will not be domesticated to the point of being emasculated, that we will man up and be the men in our families, the men in our community, the men in our marriages, the men for our children, the men, the husbands that we need to be, but the men for the church, the men that will stand up and brandish the sword of the Lord, the word of God, and declare, prophesy and decree God's will over a given region because we're pushing back darkness and we're releasing God's goodness where we live, where we are. Right now we declare, Lord God, that you have given us this masculinity of heart, this courageousness to fight and to live a life of adventure, not to be domesticated where my soul is deprived and I am depleted of the gusto of life. But Jesus, right now, I declare that this church would raise up men fighting men that would defend the cause of Christ. Men that would be impassioned to love the bride, the church, but their loved ones, their wives. Father, I'm praying that, Lord God, every precious woman in this house would have a beauty, and they have a beauty, to unveil to you, God, but to their man. A true beauty of heart, beauty of spirit, beauty of soul. And I pray, Lord God, for every, every young woman in this house, that you would find a man that would pursue you and fight for you and love you. some of your, your heart on your journey and uh, thanks for the inspiration Lord we just simply worship you let's just do that just for a little bit